Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. The Lord, doesn't it? Well, I have a wonderful announcement to make to the church. One of our prodigal sons has come home. Rocky Russell is back with us today. Amen. Yeah, yeah. And his beautiful family, Cindy, his wife, Anna Marie, his daughter, Jake, is here. Stand up uh, and uh, let everybody see you. And their oldest son, Will, is a football player. And Nope, he's in the band. Okay, so he's in the band. What does he play? Uh, everything percussion. All right, wow, wow. And so anyway, he couldn't be here today because he had to stay back. Uh, Rocky was with us for six years as our youth pastor. And as I always say, and I can't change it now, he backslid and left us. And, and so, but God has really been using him, um, in some mighty ways. And rather than me try to introduce you, would you please tell us what you're doing and what the, how the Lord's using you and where you're involved in service right now? And, uh, Rocky's going to preach to us today. I, I want to tell you this. I, I love this young man. He is truly a man of God. And he is, he's not the only one, there are quite a few, but, but this man is a success story for River of Life Church. We, we had an investment time in your life, and man, we are so proud of you. Father, in Jesus' name, bless my brother. L- Lord, a- as much as we love him, and as much as we want to hear from him, oh Lord, we want to hear from you through him today. Speak to him, speak through him, touch our hearts. May we be changed because we've been in your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for that introduction, Pastor, and thank you to everyone for the the welcome home. Uh, This is home. Uh, I was raised in Jackson County. If any of you don't know my story, I am from Two Egg. That is more people just in this one section that I, than actually live in Tuae. Um, which is funny, two weeks ago we were in Orlando and I was introduced and they said, he's from Tuae. And those folks down south of Ocala don't even know that Tallahassee is the state capital. Uh, so so they, they were just not interested in all of that. But it is so good to be here. And as Pastor Henry said, there was an investment in our lives, in our family, uh, this is the genesis of, of me being called into to ministry, and I was a youth pastor here for six years. We had a lot of success and went on uh, to uh, North Carolina, where we served in youth ministry there, and then planted a church in Asheville, North Carolina, that just celebrated its seventh anniversary. And so we're very happy about that. The new pastor they have has taken it to higher heights. It's kind of bittersweet. You call back, how's it going? Oh, it's great. Record attendance and everything's marvelous. Oh, that's really nice to hear. Um, 
So, so sometimes we consider ourselves the rock breakers that came before the church planters, but, but the Lord did it, and the church is still there today. So you, having invested in my life, gained fruit in another field. I, I think that's amazing how the kingdom works. And we left from there to go to uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia. I had never had any formal education in ministry at all, and so I am in a program and will graduate in May with a uh, bachelor's degree in biblical studies and very happy about that. It's only taken me 25 years <clears throat> to get a bachelor's degree. Uh, but while we were there, uh, we were asked to be the directors of Mid-Atlantic Teen Challenge. And I've been there. This will be my third year at Mid-Atlantic Teen Challenge. Teen Challenge is a program, uh, a Christian, Christ-centered ministry that provides ministries for men, women, and teenagers who struggle with life-controlling problems like addiction and other things. Now, there are 215 challenge programs all across the country, and you have one in Tallahassee, as a matter of fact. But out of those 250, only 12 actually serve teenage boys. Despite the name, most of them serve adults, and ours serves teenage boys. We have 12 to 17-year-olds who are addicted to drugs and have other life-controlling problems. And so they come to us for a year-long program and restoration in Jesus' name. And if I could only talk about Teen Challenge and give you one word, it would be restoration. And that comes through Jesus Christ. So um, thank you for the introduction of my wife and kids, and they're so kind to be here, and it really has been a good weekend, except we lost the ball game last night, and that makes me very sad. <clears throat> that was a really good, entertaining game, but we lost last night. So if you're a Clemson fan, uh, you're dismissed to the children's ministry area. <clears throat> <laughs> take your bibles and turn to the book of luke chapter 15 and i am re- I, I violate one of the cardinal rules of preaching quite often I, I i let all the cats out of the bag right up front and i'm going to tell you that at the end of this sermon there's going to be a picture of a sheep on the slide up there and it's going to be humorous And it's also going to be touching. We're going somewhere with this message today. And I pray that it brings you a great deal of encouragement uh, to your soul. Uh, And it's an encouraging message today. So so be encouraged in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. If you feel good or you look good, say amen. 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 See, we're off to a good start. You are encouraged. All right. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. Now... The tax collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to hear him. That being Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, If he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Let's pray together this morning. 
Father, we come to you today approaching your word, and we need it today. We need your word, and we need it to sink down to the deep places inside of us. This is a church that honors the word. This is a church that knows the word. And so we come humbly and with reverence today before your word, and we just ask that your Holy Spirit make it real to us as we bring it today. And Father, I ask that you use me as your secretary to write it down on the hearts of the people. May it be your words today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. If you're ready for this word, just say, bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> you're encouraging me. I have to tell you, I respond to that too. If you want to wave something at me or just, hey, brother, you are helping us. That's, come on with it. That, about three or four weeks ago, we were in a church and the lady just stood up and she said, you are helping us, brother. You are helping us. I was like, amen. I'm encouraged. So <clears throat> I, I, I respond to that. So today I want to talk to you about lost sheep. Do you have any reason to be thankful today? Does anybody here have any reason? Amen. Just wave it before the Lord. <clears throat> And you know, you can, I, I, I know the answer to that before I ask it because I'm here with you in worship and people worship like thankful people. You need somebody to say that about, about your worship. You worship like thankful people, people that have been plucked out of the miry pit and put on solid ground. That the wor- it shows in worship and it's such a, such a sweet and such a precious thing to worship that way. To know that about what's happened. And sometimes, I'm just going to tell you, maybe, maybe you feel like the people on your row are worshiping just a little more outrageous than you are right now. That happens, okay? But you don't know where they came from. And the person on your row that's jumping up and down and has both hands as high up in the air as they can get, that person may have really been brought from something and you don't know what it is. And the day may come when you're right there. Hey, I know what he's brought me from. And so people who know where they've come from have a great uh, amount to be thankful for. And, And so I find myself, as I go through this passage of Scripture, identifying with the lost sheep of the story and realizing that I'm the one. I'm the one. Many times, up to the point where I really got into this scripture, I would, I would, you know, analyze it. And we've heard this story so many times. There's probably very few people have never heard this passage of scripture about leaving the 99 to go get the one. I told my dad, he asked me yesterday because he went to the ball game with us and we ate beforehand at Panera, which is not really a pregame meal, you know, like a French onion soup bowl and a panini. I mean, it's just not. that's irrelevant to the sermon but we're sitting there and he asked me what are you preaching on I said I'm preaching on the lost sheep he said man when I was a correctional officer there was a fight with the inmates and they were throwing watermelons at each other and he said one man ran off and he said you know you never run off to get the one when you know you got 99 right here I said that is the absolute opposite of what I'm preaching tomorrow I, I, that is not even what Jesus said. He said, well, if you know you've got 99, at least you don't have 100 that are gone. You've got 99. I said, no, no, stop, stop, stop. Uh, no, that is not what this, this is the opposite. It's a different thing because 
This uses sheep to show what happens in our lives. And it shows what was going on before I was found. And and I'm going to just ask today, is there any moment in time where you felt like you were the wandering one? Have you ever felt like the wandering one? The one who was disconnected, isolated, off by yourself, and you just need somebody to come and rescue you. And I wonder if there's any of us who, who, when you sense that and you say, you know, I was the wandering one, and then you realize I'm sitting in a church today where I can worship the God of all creation, the great shepherd who came and found me and rescued me, does it motivate you just for a moment? Just, you just want to praise him. Just lift, can we do that for just a moment together and just lift him up? Just, just lift him up. He's worthy. And he's worthy of that today, tomorrow, if you're at the checkout line, uh, if you go to uh, school tomorrow or work or wherever you are, there may be a moment where you just stop and say, he's found me. He's found me. I'm the one. I'm the one. What a precious story. Let me give you a little history and some background about what's happening as Jesus tells the story. Jesus is on his final trip to Jerusalem. This is the, the kind of the closing uh, chapters of his uh, uh, history on earth. And so he's on his way to Jerusalem. He's on his way to the crucifixion. But he's not so focused on his own self that he couldn't stop and teach the tax collectors and sinners of the day. That's, that is amazing. You're on your way to give up your life and you stop so that you can teach a few more people the truth of the Word of God. The Bible describes these people as drawing near to him. Why do they need to draw near to him? Because when they broke through the scribes and the Pharisees, they broke through the walls of religion. They had to get through some stuff to get to the truth of Jesus. If you remember the scripture in James, it says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And so these people need to hear the truth of Jesus, but religion stands there as as illustrated by the scribes and the Pharisees. And religion wants to tell you to stay away. Religion wants to tell you to stay outside the walls. Religion wants to tell you to stay in your place. But, but that's not what happened. These people pressed in and they moved into Jesus. Because to Jesus, we all are getting the same opportunity. We're all the same that way. But religion will hold you out. Thank God that Jesus is willing to receive the sinners of the day. To give his mighty truth and to explore his power and to say, as he does in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My first weariness and heavy ladenness did not come on my best day at church. It came in my worst day out in the world and Jesus was still available to me. That's who he is, and that's who he is to the people you're trying to reach out in the community. But the reality is, you haven't always been where you needed to be. 
But aren't you glad he lets you come? Problems and all. I, I think of Billy Graham because back when I was a kid, that was his call. You know, just come. Just come. Come as you are. Come, don't worry about having to work out all the details. You don't have to make everything right. Just come. And that was the call. And it was the call in Jesus' time. And it should be the call today. So here's the teaching. This is a parable. And it's one of the things we've been learning at, in school is parabolic teaching. It's not just a really great illustration. A parabolic teaching serves to let some people in and keep some people out. Maybe, maybe this will help. Does anybody remember when you actually had to change the channel on the television? Wasn't that the pits? We just sat there and wished one day somebody will invent some buttons on a thing and you can just point it and it'll just change channels or even turn on. And so back in those days, do you remember when you didn't get very many channels? I mean, it, this has got to be like Jackson County where I was raised. We only got three channels. And they weren't that good. And if Billy Graham or the president was on, that was it. Because he was on every channel. And so there, but if you'll remember how those TVs worked, and maybe it was just my television, I don't know. But our TV, you, you turned the channel like we had 4, 7, 11, and sometimes 13 out of Panama City. And so... <clears throat> So somebody, well, you remember the other part. Somebody had to go turn the antenna. Did anybody like, and then you would, little more. And you'd have to get it just right. Just right. Oh, we want to watch Dothan tonight. Well, you have to go outside. Okay, open the window. So like, okay, this is the truth. That's why people are laughing because they remember. And some people had the motor that turned it. We were like, they're rich. They, they. They are so wealthy. But, but go back to the TV. Remember, you would have to kind of... It, it wasn't just as easy as just click, 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 and there was the channel. Sometimes you had to kind of... Eh, you had to kind of put it in there. And there were more channels that had no program on it than there were channels that had programs on them. So you had, you had three... But they, they had something on it, but then you had like seven that what? They had static. And that is what I'm getting to because children today don't know what static is. Every channel has stuff on it. They don't ever get to a channel. It's just like... That's, they don't know what static is. Static means there's a channel there, but there's no programming. A parable is like a good channel... And Jesus is giving little bits of information and he's telling everybody and, and the, the ones who've come to hear and whose hearts are right, they know he's on channel seven now. We better go there. And they, they turn. But, but the, the, the religious people are left out. And, and so when religion is putting up walls and religion is saying you ought not to you ought to stay back. You ought not come to Jesus. When religion is putting up those walls, Jesus changes channels, church, and comes with a word for the weary, a refreshing word for those who have weariness in their souls. Religion, church, is the obstacle. Religion 
without Jesus is a dangerous thing. How many times has religion caused the weary to stand far off rather than drawing near? And religion will hold you out. It'll say, you've got to be like me. That, and, and we know this. It says, you've got to be like me. But, but listen, we don't ever want religion to be an obstacle that looks at people who are trying to get to the cross and says, you're less than. Are there things that need to change? Yes. Do people need to get their sin under the blood? Yes. Do we need to preach uh, uh, for holiness and righteousness and, and, and against sin? Yes. But there has to be a path, an opening, a way for them to break through the noise of religion and come to the cross of Jesus. So religion will hold you out. And that's why he's teaching with a parable. So as the tax collectors and as the sinners and the down and out gather for more of his word, our English Standard Version tells us that, that the religious folks are busy grumbling. Grumbling. They're grumbling. Is there anybody who needs some help with the grumblers of your life? You can keep it to yourself. That's fine. I know. There's, there, we've got that going on in our lives. We've got people out there who grumble. And just when you get ready for the breakthrough that God has for you, what do you hear? Well, you haven't been to church in a while. I don't know if you're going to get... Well, you might not have been acting like a Christian lately. I don't know if the Lord's going to be doing anything for you. Well, you might as well just forget about God because He's not going to get you out of this mess. Grumbling. And it comes from some of the, the, the craziest places. But God's given us a way out of those things. Let me speak to the down and out for just a moment. Is there, and you don't have to raise your hand, but there may be people among us who absolutely need a touch today. When Jesus sees your response to him, and when he sees that you are coming for a touch, he is going to step right past the grumblers. He's going to move right past those people and come to you with a word for your soul. He's coming right into your spirit with a word that is custom made for you. Custom made. A word with your name written on it. And he's going to talk right past the negativity. He's going to talk right past the doubters, the haters, the ones who want to hold you back. And he's going to speak right into you. That's how he moves. That's how he works. Aren't you glad today that you can go to Jesus, the provider, the healer, the way maker, the fairest of 10,000 for my soul. Jesus, that we can go to him. The one who says, ask, seek, and knock, and find our source in the Lord. And I love the fact that Jesus doesn't act like they're bothering him or that they're a nuisance, that they caused him a problem. He didn't let the fact that they were different stop him from ministering to them. We normally like people who look like us. Even in church. I would rather hang out with some Florida State fans right now. 
I'm not real interested in being brother and sister with our Clemson brothers and sisters who probably do love Jesus. But, but you, because I, we default to people who look like us and act like us and celebrate like us. But, but, but here we got a little bit of everything, don't we? I can see in this congregation, there's, there's all kinds of people here. That is glorious. It needs to be spoken about. It needs to be part of the testimony. Red, yellow, black and white, educated people, dropouts, people that has taken 25 years to graduate from college. Everybody gets to participate. People who slept in mansions last night and people who last night were looking for a fan because it's too hot. Everybody. Everybody wishing... Uh, that, 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 that they could uh, 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 come closer. And let me tell you something. Jesus breaks down the barriers of religion that keeps people separated. John 3, 3. Unless one is born again, this is Jesus, one cannot see the kingdom of God. The word see there, in its basic understanding, is heavenly Perception. Heavenly perception, and that's what we want in this place. None of us wants to be part of a uh, some kind of cute little church, uh, just a little bit of this, and then just go home on Sunday and, and, and bring me back next Sunday. You're in a place that activates your faith as a Christian. And that that may not even seem like a big deal to you right now. But can I tell you something across America today? There are people sitting in churches on pews that are going to hear a message and it will go in one ear and out the other and they will go home. And they will be unchanged because there's been no call to activate that faith. And part of that is not so much the lack of the activation, but they, 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 they receive this message in a place that's not prepared. There's no prayer. The, 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 the house is just not ready. And church, we need to get to like a Bethesda. Bethesda is the house of mercy. Bethesda in your Bible in the New Testament, it was the pool of mercy. The five porches in the pool and the angel who comes and troubles the water so the lame person can get to the water and be healed. The struggling and crippled world should be able to come in here and be healed and be restored and have new life in Jesus Christ. The world can come in to river of life and be healed. The down and out, the lonely, the man who's hurting on the inside, but you can't tell by what's on the outside. The woman who feels like her marriage is dead. How many of you know that what we need is the Holy Ghost to come and trouble the waters and make a way for healing in the house? This is a Bethesda kind of church. And Jesus needed to cut through those religious people and the arrogant and the ones that wanted to shut him down. So he told them this parable once again. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me. Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no 
repentance. I wish Jesus would just come into this room and heal everybody right now. I wish that could happen. And just lift us up all out of our mess and just deliver us into whatever glorious thing he wants to and take us out. But what did he pray? He said, my prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Now, I have spoken in a lot of churches and I I have told this story everywhere I go. My wife's probably shaking her head right now. And it's, it's, where's Brother Dallas at? Brother Dallas, I, I have told this story about the time right after this dome opened up, right here in that spot, a teenage boy about 15 or 16 years old came down, gave his heart to the Lord, miraculous 180 degree salvation experience. Got up after we prayed with him, tears streaming down his face, And Brother Dallas put his arm around him and said, Son, have you given your heart to Jesus Christ and made him your Savior? And the boy said, Yes, sir. And Brother Dallas said, Son, are you ever going to look lustfully after another woman ever again? And the boy said, No, sir. And Brother Dallas said, You lie. But wouldn't it be great, wouldn't it be great if at that moment everything could, could just happen? But, but, but healing doesn't happen that way either, does it? You may come and give everything to the Lord and believe and pray and understand and pray every scripture about healing and, 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 and receive it. And, and it, you've been anointed and, and people have come and, and then what happens? You're healed, maybe not instantly, but as you go. As we go, we're healed. And as we go, we're delivered. And as we go, God continues to work. And as you go, God continues to convict you of things that at the day of your conversion, you were not convicted about. I, I know it's true because I've been a Christian myself for some time. And, and, and people, this is a pretty common testimony. I gave my life to the Lord. I went home and I threw away all my DVDs. <clears throat> and then... Three or four years goes by and I'm throwing something else away. I didn't even know I had it. Why? Because I've gone somewhere deeper in Christ and that old way can't stay. That old attitude that stayed in that first part of my journey, now it can't go into the second part of my journey. And now God is healing me and delivering me and restoring me as I go. So let me speak to you for just a moment, and this might be somewhat prophetically. I, I just I give it to you uh, as part of this message today. You can't do all of it by yourself. You just can't. God says, I'll put it all back together. God says you are going to get over your past. God says your child can come back home. And He says that you're going to get over your issues as you go. That's how He works things out. Sheep teach us this because sheep eat with their eyes on the next patch of grass. A sheep will eat himself over a cliff if the next patch of grass goes right right over the edge. And I notice there's these plants up here 
because I've been told before that I've always hung my my feet over the edge and I want to do it right here just to make people mad because this is a bit that they put those plants there to keep the preacher from getting too close to the edge. Okay, and they are beautiful, by the way. But a sheep will eat with their eyes on the next patch of grass and they'll go over a cliff doing that. And the sheep people of the world are in all kinds of different lines, one right after the other, going to the next thing. There's the too busy line. I got things to do. I don't have time uh, to be in church and to serve and to worship Him. Let me tell you something. If you don't have time to give God praise, you are too busy. That's something that should get time. There's another line, my family line. Nobody will steal your joy like family. Uh, uh, I'm just going to tell you. If if there's something broken in the family, that that will rob you of joy and it'll rob your praise. And sometimes you need to just say, I don't need the drama right now. I'm getting past these issues and I'm going to Jesus. I'm moving on. The, the, <laughs> the finances line. I got to make some more money. I've had several friends like this. <clears throat> I, I, don't, I can't stop down for church and, and worship and, and all those things. I've got to get back out there and, and I got to earn that dollar. Listen, when taking care of the money is more important than Jesus, you're in a dangerous place. Let me give you another line. The I don't need Jesus anymore line. And and people don't normally say this because that's not how it comes out, but, but it's what they're saying inside. I'm healed now. I'm safe now. I don't need Jesus anymore. It's like September the 12th or 13th, 2001. We all run into the church house on September the 11th. Bad stuff's going on. A few weeks later, I'm good. He's delivered me. I'm still okay. My family's good. We're back out again. The the too good to hang around hypocrites line. That's religion in reverse, isn't it? I'm, I'm looking for the perfect church. Let me tell you something. It's not out there. The too tired line. The let other people be good Christians line. The relationship line. I've got a boyfriend or a girlfriend to see on the weekend. I worked on Saturday. I need to be somewhere. I'm in a line. It's it's keeping me one thing right after the other. Never taking a moment to look to the left or the right and see is there anything else that can deliver me from this line that I'm in. I'm the lost sheep. I'm getting off and I'm probably going to go over a cliff one day and I've forgotten how good God is because I just can't remember. I've watched people sit in church and get amnesia. God's delivered you uh, from from death and and sickness. I have to say, I was raised in a church when I was young where they gave the same testimonies over and over and over. And I always wondered why. It was so they didn't get spiritual amnesia and forget what God had done. They kept bringing the same. There was one boy in our youth group. He was black and blue when he was born and almost died. The church, all the church, left the church house, drove to the hospital, prayed in the lobby of that church until God healed that baby. And they gave that testimony probably 50 times when I was growing up. They brought him up over and over and over again. Why? So people like me would never forget how faithful God is. And he is faithful. 
But sheep do get found. They do come home. And, and I'm just here to tell you today, don't let anything stand in your way from coming back to Jesus. I need my sheep picture. <laughs> this is one of the most famous sheep in the world. They call him Shrek the Sheep. The story of Shrek is actually online, so if you want to Google this later, you'll find his whole story. But let me just read a little bit. One famous sheep's determination to avoid shearing has become the stuff of fairy tales. A merino sheep named Shrek, this is all hard to say, by the way. A sheep named Shrek was one of 17,000 sheep on a wool farm in New Zealand. But Shrek decided to dodge shearing for six whole years. He eluded his owners by hiding in a cave. Let's see the next one. Yeah. When he was found in 2004, he was not immediately recognized as a sheep, according to news reports. There was enough wool on Shrek to produce 20 men's suits. So the next one, this, that is the sheep. That's the sheep they cut loose from all that wool. Now, I would like your attention for just a moment. When you're a mess and you're out there in the world, it's a lot like being that sheep that hasn't been sheared, cared for. Yeah, he found some food. Yeah, he found a place to hide. But he was detached alone and not properly cared for by the good shepherd. And when he was found, there was a lot to cut loose and cut free from. When you're in a mess and you start to see Jesus, first thing you might say is, what am I complaining about? When you start to see Jesus and when depression comes on you, you'll say, why am I even depressed? And you'll start to understand the victory that comes from being the one. One of my staff at Teen Challenge came to me one day and, and we were talking about some things and I realized that he was spending a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with one of the students. And I said, why do you keep spending time with this student? And he said, because it's like the 99 and the one. And this student is the one. And I looked at him and I said, brother, we're all the one. This place is a healing place and a place of restoration for the one. Jesus saw me when I was the one. And the great shepherd brought me back and took care of me and restored my soul. Jesus says, you're the one. I'm the one, the sheep that was found. I'm the one filled with radical thanksgiving. I'm the one set free, saved, healed, delivered I'm the one are you the one today have you ever been the one do you know that you need to be the one today and respond to what the Holy Spirit's doing 
in the house. Would you bow your heads? Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.